updating my camera uh, app, the <laughs> webcam app. And then all of a sudden it said 45 minutes. I was like, what the hell? This is so stupid. And then it would be, it, it was just a late night. Anyway. Well, <laughs> well we're, we're already rolling. We're glad you could join us. I was just telling uh, Nate and Luke, we're saying, we were talking about how much we drank. Um, and now how Luke's not drinking, Nate's not drinking, and I'm not drinking. And Nate says that we are paying. Me? <laughs> Toby's got an Oktoberfest right now. <laughs> Is that a pumpkin spice beer, Toby? Oh, no, no, no. That <laughs> Matt Oktoberfest. Well, so uh, and Nate was saying we're paying for the punishment we put in our bodies, and I, I, I don't. I would like to resist that as being true and just say I'm healthier now. But I mean, it may be the case that all the drinking I did prevents me from being able to enjoy it now. Is that what you think, Nate? Like my liver yeah. permanently can't keep up anymore, therefore I get hangovers earlier. Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of research into how many toxins the average person deals with on a daily basis. I mean, just I, just like one stat I've read was like the average woman puts 350 toxic chemicals on her body a day. Yeah, Reva. So, yeah that's are you listening? Yeah, Reva's, the, Reva's exactly the average woman too. By the way. Oh God! In every way, <laughs> that's what an insult that <laughs> so, is. Sorry, I'm just a woman. <laughs> so I'm just guessing you get to a certain age and your liver is just like, I'm done. See ya. Yeah, I'm, I'm over this. I don't think it, you know, it's funny, it's not that way for me. But I didn't go on tour, so except for those, those beautiful, you know, six weeks with the Emory well, Boys. you did and, a lot of getting hammered in rapid succession for that one month you were I on sure, tour with us. I sure so. did. Uh, let's talk about old, Dude, Old Crow and Natty Light, you know, what do you, what do, you do? Well, I want, let's do some stories about that, but first, I got to tell y'all, today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. You get a four-week free... Get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale by going to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter our code BADCHRISTIAN. Today's show is also sponsored by HIMS. Thanks to science, hair loss can be optional. HIMS connects you to FDA-approved products to treat hair loss. Right now, you can get your first visit for free. Just go to 4 slash badchristian. All right. I know everybody knows from the title of the episode and the description that they read that we have Luke Rogers and Nate Henry joining us of the Blurry Creatures podcast. And uh, good to see y'all. I think the wild thing about it is I never understood. I, didn't, I don't even know if I made the connection that you two even knew each other, but I've got long histories with you both. And here you are podcasting. Um, buddies with me and Toby independently, and now here you are on the uh, podcast. So I thought let's get together it, immediately. Yeah, it's like a podcast inception right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's getting I weird. It, it, it's a small world. I met you at Toby's house, Luke. Oh, was that when we were doing the? Uh, was oh. that during the election, Toby? When we had the yeah. election show? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so horrible election show with all the. the it was the yeah. worst. Oh, so internet. So y'all met on this podcast then, because we were podcasting that election thing. I remember we had the, we had the whole event about. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! So four years ago at the election time, we were trying. That was the that was when my daughter uh, Jerry was born. It was just a baby, and y'all ran that whole thing. And I was just kind of in and out on that episode. I remember it, and y'all were. Uh, that's right. Man, I didn't even make that connection until now. So here we are four, four, four years later. Y'all are friends with the podcast, and the world fell apart. Oh, <laughs> lots happened, Wow. Guys. <laughs> we, yeah, we might yeah great catch time. You guys up here. That was with Dan Koch and Tyson Motzenbacher also yep. that same night. Oh, Dan got real mad because we kept yelling at him, me and Lunsford, and uh, I guess all of, us, all of us in Franklin were yelling at Dan. <laughs> <laughs> How stupid that he thought that was me. That was me nine years on tour, yelling at Dan. 
<laughs> and so. I'm sure it was you yelling at it, every tour. It was just you yelling at Dan. Yes. How stupid yes. political I- ideology is was. Yeah. Oh man, we got it was like everything was a debate, man. It was like just like a day off was like a four hour debate what we were gonna do <laughs> every day off. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but hey. And you know, how, 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 how long how long marriage were easy? together though? Uh Sherwood started in two thousand two. And then we ended in 2011. Wow. So, I mean, uh, over a, uh, about a decade, almost a decade. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, y- y'all put up with each other that much. I mean, I guess there's friendship and stuff like that. But that is so funny that y'all would just go. I mean, y'all, ever since I've known y'all, it's, it's like y'all are almost like brothers or something where everything's fine. And then all of a sudden something will hit. And then it's just debate central, argue central, fight back. <laughs> My favorite. That's why I like people just, like y'all. Yeah. Fun to be a we, part of it, actually. It is. Well, you know, there's 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 people that are just wired differently. I mean, we both have the same desires, but we are two opposite people in how we approach everything. Um, <laughs> like, I was the youngest, and he was the only child, so you can imagine like our world views were completely opposite. And when we we just we would just clash like oil and water. But I mean, it helped it helped our band in some ways, and I think it hurt us a lot. I don't know. It was. It was, it was interesting. The more I look at systems and dynamics that work and are successful, I am finding, and I'm sure people have talked about this or written about it, but I'm finding that at the core of them, there usually is some very strong disagreement or philosophical disagreement, and then you have it forced together from some artificial constraint, like stuck in a van, on tour, have the same goal, whatever it is. And then there's such an intensity there that lots of things can come out of it that are good when it's channeled correctly. And sometimes they split or whatever. But like think about people that are all into symbols like Zildjian and Sabian. But then they split and they hate each other. But they're, they're, you know, they were forged out of a, a different philosophy of the same thing. I don't really know the story of the symbols, but you know what I'm saying. And so it seems like you and Dan, uh, being strong personalities forced together, have all that peripheral energy that people like me and Toby then are attracted to. It's like, oh, shit's happening here. Like, it's not boring. And as long as you're <laughs> yeah, aimed in the same direction, good stuff comes out of it. Yeah, you need some disagreement, I guess, right? You can't write, you know, can't make decisions and the best decision won't come mm-hmm. out. So I, I, I get it. I think the hard part is that, like, touring and being in a band, it's already exhausting. And then you add all that on top of it. It's already hard enough to make all those decisions. So I don't know. You, I think you, you just compromise so much because you're always – you know, you're always button heads. So you just, I think so, the things you need to put your energy into get left behind. And I think when you're a band, you have to focus your energy on the things that are going to give you the biggest return. Cause you only have so much time in your youth to do this thing. Yep. And I think we wasted a lot of time on a lot of dumb stuff. So. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's probably most bands, but I think Matt and I, I mean, I promise you there's been so many bands that like when tour started, you know, the first week bands wouldn't come around cause they thought Matt and I hated each other. They would say, we well, are, Always walking around the parking lot, talking super loud, waving your hands around, yelling at each other. And what are you talking about? We're just, <laughs> we're just hanging out. We just, what do you mean? Like for us, I think that we think it's fun, it's sport. Cause you're, you know, you're in a van or a bus all day and you're in some alley behind some club and all this stuff. So if you can't yell at each other a little bit, then what would you do? So we just, you know, we'd always done that. But I think that you and Dan, Nate, you're exactly right. I think you're almost, Matt, I think you said this, and it's, you probably can clarify a little bit better than me, almost exactly opposite. Dan kind of wants to validate a system, and you kind of want to war against it, like in the conspiracy Let's theory, do that example. later. I actually have thoughts on that and wrote something down on paper I want to share. <laughs> oh, specifically to that, but I want to get to it a little bit later after we, yeah, that's funny that you said that. 
Um, and so we all, we have that shared history. And Luke, you have done a bunch of. I mean, you're not in a band, but you've been around a lot of mu- musicians and touring. Yeah. You've spent a lot of days in lot green days rooms in and tour buses, not just with us. No, I mean, I mean, I grew up in Chico, so shoot, I went on like little tours with Number One Gun and Jeff Schneewise, mm-hmm. who's like my best friends in the world. Went to Tom Fest and you know all the way from Chico to Portland and Spirit West Coast, <laughs> causing trouble. I was getting kicked out of Spirit West Coast. <laughs> uh, you know, went on tour with you guys. Did a Canadian tour with uh, the guys from Cry the Afflicted. Mm-hmm. They're all a bunch yeah, of old guys I, losing like, their hair now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was fun, man. I've done a couple little country tours. Um, You've been out with Amber Lynn, spent some time with Amber Lynn on the road. I did, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's stuff with Amber Lynn. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. what makes you unique, though, is it, anybody that heard what you just said there, and we already clarified that you're not in a band, so anybody out there with their right mind would assume that you're surely some type of tech roadie then to have that many days of tour experience. <laughs> Not really. No, I just threw I just throw guys off stages for Emory. Mostly, <laughs> like uh, you know, and I enjoy that. I'm a big I'm a bigger human being, and I really liked I liked just pretending to be your guys' security, which was a lot of fun. Well, I'm saying that, that you are somebody who has the right personality, disposition, and is fun and welcome enough to get invited on multiple tours. Oh, it was, without even that. doing a professional job, which is very rare. No, I just you know I just put on dumb hats. You could leave me at gas stations and just drink old crow. And sometimes, sometimes you bring a photographer on the road and he t- steals your bed it, and your cologne. It, it's dude, it gets real rough. It might also be fair to say any of the bands when you're out with them, they would probably report the time when you were out with them as some of their wilder times on tour. This might have been my experience. Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> shoot, we all we gotta do is start talking about Pensacola and diesel fuel, and I, I'd say that we probably. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, I mean, there's been some wild times, that's for sure. I, I mean, we could tell stories just oh, about man. that well, that summer, like yeah. um, for hours. Yeah, let's do tell some stories. It's funny when I was thinking back, like when when I knew y'all were coming on the show, I was like, when Luke was like, "Oh yeah, uh, I could come out on tour," and then we we're like, "Yeah, that'll be awesome, man. We come out on tour." And say, so, "How long are you gonna stay?" You're like, "Ah," <laughs> and then yeah. he, he stayed like the whole like tour. Like there was like four days left, and it was totally fun. <laughs> but that's what's so amazing about it is like. Anybody else, it would be hard to be around them, but you were so easy going. You, you didn't care. You know, sometimes you slept on the uh, couch in the front lounge or whatever it might be. Yeah. We didn't have air conditioned some. It would be super hot. All oh, this there stuff. was no air conditioning for most of the tour, actually. <laughs> uh, no, it was great. That whole thing lined up so so good. I uh, I had like a a summer off because I was uh, I was doing my masters, and it was like a it was perfect. I did I didn't have anywhere to be. And have a job, you know. I, I just did. I just quit my my bartending job and just got it back when I came back. And it was, it was amazing. I, that I mean, that was the greatest tour because literally the first day in, Trevor quit as the TM <laughs> because it was too hot. Because <laughs> it was too hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I grew up with Trevor. I mean, so I'm like, oh, let's be fun. Like Trevor's, you know, Trevor Sellers is the TM, and this is gonna like, and I saw. This is going to be great. Too high in the bus? We, or too it was, high? It was yeah. our bus that it was our first tour in the bus <laughs> that we owned, and we had not yet installed air conditioning. And it was hot, like oh, in a way gosh. that it's its own story, but it was hot in a way that, I mean, an extreme way. And it's, it's more, it's reasonable that he quit in some way. He had started working for Death Cab for Cutie and Eric Clapton and people like that. And then he came to do this Emory tour with no air conditioning on a 1983 <laughs> bus, and he was just over it from the minute one. <laughs> 
and went home two days in the tour and we replaced Did him. Did he quit like in Vegas and he just took off? Yeah, he's like, just, he just took it's on just flight over. and he's like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is great news for me, guys, because I started a podcast with Luke and it sounds like you're like the best. You're the guy that everyone wants around and you're not going to, you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're tour worn. So you know how to deal with all the craziness and uh, we're oh, going to yeah. get crazy. I mean, so we, I mean, that tour was, I mean, it was so hot in that bus that you sweated through all your clothes. And did the J man, Literally wore a jean jacket and jeans. I don't know how he did it. It's like he's not human. <laughs> he just on the top bunk. He couldn't have been higher up in the bus either. Yeah. Um, yeah. That? You sent me the picture of us partying in Pensacola on that day off on my birthday the other day. So thank you for reminding me of that. I've been thinking. Oh yeah. That. Well, yeah. We uh, I brought speedos on tour because that's the thing you do. You know, you bring a speedo and you show up on stage to work security in a speedo. Um, but those worked out pretty well. We ended up in Pensacola. We ended up playing volleyball. I probably got sunburned. That's one of the worst sunburns I've ever had. And somehow that night, the uh, interim tour manager, uh, Krob, you know, Cody Robinson, he, could, he, he was so hammered he couldn't get himself out of the pool. Um, we ended up on somebody's yacht. Cody was naked and he pulled <laughs> he himself. He was naked. Yeah. Yeah. He was naked. You remember that yacht we ended on? We ended up jumping onto somebody's yacht and then like we're jumping okay, off Okay, of well, clarify then, that we weren't invited and nor were the owners of the yacht uh, you know, in the vicinity. They weren't there. It was just It was parked. just a yacht. I think we're all we were all butt naked, and we we were on the jumping off this this yacht into the Gulf, into the Gulf, and then we ended up because we were out with um, Secret and Whisper, mm-hmm. and we ended up at that place drinking diesel fuel, and we walked. Remember how we <laughs> that was the name of into, a bucket of drink. It's not the actual fuel. Yeah. It's just a giant walk, bucket you could, drink you drink out of with a straw. You could walk into the Gulf for like ever and do you remember jo- jordan from secret and whisper what we just disappeared and we couldn't find him we're like dude we might have just lost the guy from secret he just died or he's gone and he comes back like an hour later we're just like standing around drinking okay. more diesel fuel and told us about how he's out hanging out with his grandma in the gulf <laughs> his dead grandma we're like, what? <laughs> what is and then the guys in the band are like oh yeah well he i mean he's native american so that's totally normal and we're like that Okay, I mean, I guess. <laughs> um, I remember we went to the that place, uh, the crab place first, and we were already starting to drink. And Cody was just like cutting loose, and you know, and I can remember him like some guys just hit, talk some shit or something like that. Yeah, he started bowing up, and he was like, "Oh, really?" And then he go, "Luke, come over here." It's <laughs> college. Like, well, I gotta go over, and I grab. I kind of like get in there. I'm like, "Come on, man!" Like, and the guy was kind of heated, and, and I was like, "Cody, you don't want to." And then the guy was like, "Oh, I want to," and I was like, "Oh, you do." <laughs> all right man and, and then it was like well i mean not you <laughs> and then so we got out there and, Co- and cody i was like cody that's a, that's a freebie dude the next t- next time um me and toby are gonna beat up a homeless guy in orlando but um same tour same tour. oh my I mean, god i forgot about do, that do you, and do you remember the guys this is so that was pizzacola and then we ended up in, in orlando at that show getting pizza and then the dude some guy shows up some puerto rican guy shows up and Pulls a gun on the pizza yeah. owner right in front of us, and we're all just kind of hammered and eating pizza. Like, what? <laughs> and then the owner pulls his gun out. Oh gosh! And they have this like you know, they have this Mexican standoff, and then the guy runs away. Remember, this is the greatest thing. The guy runs this away, is- and we're standing there, and and earlier in the day, now the homeless guy. Can I interject why? Can I interject why the guy pulled his gun on the guy in the first place? Yes. the pizza was too expensive. That's right. It was. That's the reason <laughs> for the is- gun because he doesn't think pizza should cost three dollars a slice. Because in New York, he could get it for a dollar a slice. I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. This is the this is the modern Romeo and so Juliet with Leonardo gun. DiCaprio. 
Which the shop owner then no, pulls he didn't guy. pull it just yet though. Do you remember like he was trying to fight the guy behind the counter and the owner came <laughs> yeah, out yeah, yeah. and stood between them and then the guy behind the counter rolled up a magazine, reached over the owner and wrapped the guy in the head with the with the magazine. Then the Puerto Rican guy pulled his there gun and then the owner pulled his gun. Right. Okay, but let me backtrack. Earlier in that day, a homeless person, a homeless guy, stole Matt's cell phone because we were all eating. And it was on, the, and then it was gone. Yeah. And we were pretty sure this homeless dude who just walked through there because there's nobody else in the, in the restaurant took it. And so we ended up looking for this guy, and we were all taught on our phones running around this little like you know eight square blocks of Orlando. And then I get a call from Devin like, "You better get down here, man." I think I think Toby caught the guy. <laughs> It would show up down on this corner, and and <laughs> Toby's got the hold of this guy's shirt, and this guy's got a hold of Toby's shirt, and and Toby's just like, "Do it, man, do it," you know, and and I had to like separate him, and I ended up throwing this homeless <laughs> guy down, and then the cops come because people would call the cops, and so we end up talking to these cops, saying what happened. They can't find the phone; he'd thrown in a bush or something. But back to the pizza later that night after the show, pizza that night, oh, the, the show, cops pizza. cops show up. Same cop goes, oh, you guys again? We're like, hey, we were, we were just standing here. We didn't do anything. But he, they bring back this Puerto Rican guy who was so tough, and he's crying. Do you remember? He's he was crying, crying for his mom. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah, he was like, I didn't do nothing. And he was crying. He was handcuffed, and they, they pointed him out. The capper on all this is that Wiggles, who is, uh, <laughs> was like the merch dude for Secret Whispers, Canadian guy, super Canadian. He, uh, they asked one of us to sign a witness statement for the police report. And so he's like, I'm going to do it. He's like, and I, I, and I'm like, all right. Because the guy had said, we'll give you a pizza. <laughs> he's yeah. like, I'll do it. Okay. And he goes in there and he comes back out probably five minutes later. I was like, that was quick. I remember talking, that was quick. And, he, and he's like, man, I gave him the full Canadian treatment. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I wrote it just like this. It was like, buddy walked in. Buddy yelled at buddy. Buddy hit buddy with a magazine. Buddy pulled a gun, gun on Buddy. Buddy ran. I'm like you said, just like that. He's like, absolutely. I went full Canadian. He's got a full pizza. <laughs> I mean, there was this is just. I mean, there was. Gosh, that tour was was that the same tour where you guys played uh, a couple one offs too? We played uh, the uh, one off with Taking Back Sunday, I believe, like in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It was a fun, really fun tour. I mean, that was crazy night. End up on that uh, on that bus, like. Yeah, it was us and Taking Back Sunday partying, and uh, Cody always wanted to be respectful of us that we were Christians or whatever. So we're on the tour bus with Taking Back Sunday and and several fans, lots of ladies. There was probably and, thirty people on the bus or forty. Yeah, I yeah, mean, just rocking, cutting up, yeah. having a great time. And then one of the one of the girls takes her shirt off, and Cody immediately goes, "Get the fuck off the bus." <laughs> <laughs> like, you've never heard that on any rock band tour bus ever immediately yeah. <laughs> she was gone yeah. she, no not gonna be revealing that no she didn't understand either it's like she did not understand afterwards she stood outside for a while and she just couldn't understand what had happened that she was removed from the bus for taking her top off that right. that really struck her funny <laughs> Right, because usually that's how you get on the bus, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this no. is crazy because, like, you know, all the tours sound like this. You know, two weeks go by, you can't remember what you did yesterday. And I don't think most people realize that you're the, the tour amnesia is real. Yeah. And you're, you're talking like three days go by, and you're like, where were we three days ago? And then the stories, I mean, this is bringing back millions of stories from me, but I love that. I love them. Yeah, it's a funny thing because you, it's this weird combination of getting treated like you're powerful. And like your absolute, you know, but you're also experiencing very 
low, you know, quality of life and just parking lots and laying around in the heat would make it happen. <laughs> you don't you, have any money. I mean, it's not glamorous, yeah, but yet you're treated in many circumstances like extremely well or something. So it's a weird, it's a weird deal. It's good to have a guy like Luke around, though, because there is a lot of times when you feel like, okay, we're going to get jumped right now or something bad's yeah, going to happen. That, we need, but some, the, need but, some big dudes around. But when you have Luke around, you're more likely to get in those situations, I've found, is the problem. <laughs> I, I don't know how that, was old, that, that works. Was, that was old Luke. That was old Luke. I haven't been kicked out of a uh, Cinder League basketball game in about three years, so I've kind of turned over a new leaf. Um, but, I mean, per se, like example A right there. Remember that night, the same tour – Middle of the night, this homeless guy just walks on the bus. Yeah, right. Yeah. That and, was an uh, yeah. And Peter wakes wakes up and starts <laughs> it pushing Cody's foot, like Cody do something, go do something. This guy, we, and I remember like Cody being like, "Hey," and he's like, I, "And the guy's like, oh, he's like, I heard there was a party on here. We're all dead asleep on the right. four in the morning. <laughs> four in the morning. Heard yeah. there was a Orlando's party. wild. You go to Orlando and on tour, it is. I think Orlando is probably my favorite place. If you're there Saturday on a Friday, night, oh my gosh, yeah, it's just it is just it's a, zoo. it's a really a zoo, and it's my favorite zoo. That's where I met my wife. How funny! <laughs> 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 so yeah. I concur. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> well, that was great. Let me take a second here before we move on. And uh, I got to tell you guys about something that's quite important to me, more important than touring, and that is stamps.com. So as we slowly adjust to the new normal, we you know we still need to be smart about how we do business. And luckily, there's stamps.com to make things easier. Thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of stamps.com just in the recent months because of all the changes. And uh, they've been able to keep up they've been able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office all from their own computers. Stamps.com has been talking about this for a long time, and now a lot of people are finally getting with it and seeing how great it is to not have to go to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office, and you'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get if you did go to the post office. So Stamps.com also offers UPS services now with discounts of up to 62% off and no residential surcharge. So to summarize it, I'd say Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need right to your computer in the comfort of your home or office, small business, online seller, or just a person that likes to mail things and needs to from time to time. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts too. Five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. And right now, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Bad Christian. That's stamps.com and enter Bad Christian. Okay. So, y'all met because of Toby and this podcast, and now you have a podcast Fill us in on the intervening last four years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's funny is, Luke, when I was at Toby's, I think I made a joke. You said something about Chico, and I made a joke about your brother. And then you looked at me, and you're like, Haha, that's my brother. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And you're like, no, really. 
that's my brother and i was like oh i mean uh <laughs> i forgot about that actually it was just like i stuck my foot in my mouth right away I, I, I had no reason to make a joke I don't, I don't even know how it came up it was just funny but then i was well, you're like a sacramento oh, guy so i mean yeah. you, you want to just be like oh yeah chico california yeah yeah i get it yeah i know i thought you hated me after that so it's like well this is it <laughs> just piss that guy off Anyway, uh, yeah. So I mean, I think I think you and I got started because we were tweeting some Bigfoot stuff back and forth. Yeah, I think like when we met, and then I just think it was like you know that Twitter thing. And Twitter is is such is so toxic and and just negative most of the time. That like when I get on there, I just try to like you know crack jokes and you know make fun of stuff like in, in a good hearted way. And I thought we were just having some kind of stupid conversation, like I have with most of my most people on twitter and it must have been something about bigfoot and yeah and that's kind of just how it started i mean for you it's been we should just tell me you should talk about yeah. your journey because you really pulled me into this and were you a sherwood fan before luke and new sherwood from the bay area and you're growing up uh you know i i actually do think i have one of the records in my stuff and i you know one of the guys in the band uh chris i knew from um when i helped out with the youth group he's from chico one of the guys that He's a part of the youth group when I was in college and helping out with our church youth group. So, um, Chris Keen, right? Who? who? Chris Keane? Not Chris Keane, no. Our oh. original guitar player. Oh, that Chris. But Chris grew up. Chris Keane was in Sherwood for a bit. Yeah, he was too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, Chris Keane played keyboards for was a while. It skinny? Was it skinny Chris Keane or just like just sort of regular Chris Keane? Regular Chris Keane. Okay. So we've called. He's pretty skinny he, right now from what I've seen. I love yeah, Chris. Yes, he's, yes. he's looking good. Like he's really put, he's really, I need to do whatever he's doing. Actually, he just so yeah. I would say he just smokes and plays guitar. He doesn't eat. So, I'll do it. It's like yeah. I'd say maybe maybe the beginning of of it all, if I was to go back, was like I. So I stopped touring in 2011, and I started remodeling houses. So I went from like being in a tour bus with like you know, ten dudes to like being by myself all day long. So I started listening to weird podcasts about weird creatures, Bigfoot, and all that kind of stuff. So one podcast, and then you know I would listen to six or seven a day just doing drywall and painting and all that crap. So I really got into this subject just because I couldn't, I don't know. It was like, couldn't listen to anything else. And there's these creepy stories were so addicting. So I got more and more into it. So, and then I just finished my third remodel and I can't even tell you how many podcasts about this subject, cryptids, weird animals, Bigfoot stuff that I've listened to. But I got to the point where I'm like, I got to document this. And then Luke and I started tweeting Bigfoot stuff back and forth. And I was like, Hey man, I got a logo design. I got, I've been wanting to do this for like four <laughs> years. Are you in? And he's like, hell yeah. So that's kind of how it started. Well, why couldn't you do it on your podcast with Matt McDonald? Uh, Matt's just <laughs> not, he's not, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't like believe about it. He, he, it was like, <laughs> we just, it was like everything was a debate. And I'm like, look, <laughs> I I can't defend myself all the time. Like I get I get tired defending myself. If you don't, you know what I mean. Like I I don't know. No, that just makes felt- sense. Yeah, that that makes total sense. Like obviously Matt McDonald doesn't believe in Bigfoot. You do. Yeah. You you do believe in Bigfoot. You think Bigfoot is real. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. There's a Bigfoot out there, and we just haven't got we got some. Uh, footage some data some information about him but can you but define Matt, bigfoot when you say 100 percent you believe in bigfoot what does that that what would that definition be of bigfoot or the jesus <laughs> um bigfoot? well wait what? what was that you believe in jesus more than bigfoot or not 
Uh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And uh, I, I think it's the same, you're in the same realm there. Like you, you're going on cooperated stories. So like, you know, all these people say this, this person existed. This is what he did. Yeah. And, you know, you listen to a thousand podcasts, everyone's saying the same thing. You're like, if this was a court case, Bigfoot would be in prison. Like everyone's saying the same exact thing. And it's 2010. 2015 why are people talking about this thing they're not talking about weird different creatures not everyone's come on the show saying i saw this weird creature and i saw this weird creature they're all saying the same exact thing so you just you just get to a point where you're like what the hell is out there and you know why are these people all saying the same thing and i don't believe they're all lying i i think you have to get good at smelling bullshit and i just don't think these people are bullshitting well, here, here, here is why but, I want. Sorry, can we? Do, what is Bigfoot though? Bigfoot means what? I mean, could a large monkey or Sasquatch I mean, in your neck of the woods, Pacific Northwest, six to ten foot tall, giant hairy hominid, walks on two feet, tracks are between fifteen to twenty two inches, and it's basically thirty times stronger than a man. So it's like so. Luke Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're my prime, Toby. Like right now, not in about, your twenties. Tw- in your twenties, if they'd have taken a picture of you, <laughs> yeah. But I, what 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 distinctions? So hominid, different than a great like a what's the you know how advanced is it from the the whatever primates we know about now between between the gap of the most advanced primate and a human? Where is this creature that you believe in? I mean, they're smart enough to to avoid detection, and they're they're. Um, I mean, they're bipedal. Most primates are like you know they kind of walk on all fours. They do a lot of knuckle walking and stuff. I guess is this more the science? But um, yeah, these things are mostly on two two feet, and that's when they're spotted. Is just they're walking. Um, yeah, it's they're not a gorilla. They're not a monkey. But they're but they they probably in that family. But they're more advanced. Maybe uh, a half breed. A lot of people think they're half human, half something else. Mm. And some people think that they're Nephilim. They're part of the, the Genesis account. Okay. So they're, they're part spiritual. So who knows? And you, why do you, but you, they hide? What, what, what are the, what, what's the, why wouldn't they come out? Like if they, you, they're smart enough to want to hide, but why do they hide? Why does Bigfoot hide? I mean, look at, look at 2020. I mean, <laughs> Why would you come into this society if you were a Bigfoot? This is a disaster, right? I mean, maybe they don't want to get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to get COVID. They, we're, we're burning cities down. We're fighting. We're killing. We're shooting. We, I mean, we actually had a guest on. Uh, he's an indigenous Canadian. So his tribe is from Victoria. Was it Victoria Island, Vancouver Island in, yeah. in BC? And he told us fully that he believes that Bigfoot can get COVID, basically, that he's there's a, it's enough of a of a hominid enough of a you know a human-like creature that it would be susceptible to to diseases like that and he actually thinks that that's the one of the reasons there that the populations are so small is they did get diseases um they had underlying conditions too yeah they have a lot of comorbidities those sasquatch that well, is about six percent that's what we're talking about six percent <laughs> how, how many big feet are <laughs> Oh man! Well, yeah. Tom, the same guy, says that they're they're breeding more because there's more and more sightings. Um, so since the '60s, he thinks they've doubled, tripled in population. That's kind of the vibe I got. Like so maybe twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Yeah, I mean, you have you have a thousand credible sightings every year from police officers to you know people that aren't 
they they would consider a credible sighting. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know how many sightings happen and then people don't report them. That's, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people just, from what, what I've found is they don't want to come on shows. They don't want to tell their stories because they get ridiculed and made fun of. So they're like, I, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. So. Well, it, well I, understand, I mean, I totally understand why, though. I mean, the same as aliens or, you know, yeah. people have been saying forever that these things exist and then it's really hard. There, there isn't definitive proof obviously there's not a interview with a sasquatch or anything what would be is there definitive is there all right let's go even a little broader here first of all luke you believe in the existence of bigfoot yeah but i think uh, the more that i've kind of got into this for me it's i think it lies in 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 the spiritual realm i don't i don't think it's a a flesh and blood animal that like poops and and that there's just too much weird stuff like where People find, you know, trail of footprints that just disappear. You get sightings of people have sightings and then there's nothing there. It just it, to me, it's a when we talk about like the the spiritual realm and you know, Paul saying that stuff is more real. So it lies somewhere in there as far as I'm concerned. I don't I don't think it's a flesh and blood animal. Now there's a lot of people that fall kind of where I'm following. And there's a lot of people within this community that fall on it being like, it's a great ape ish Mm -hmm. thing, or it's like a missing link or somewhere in that realm. But I'm like, for me, it's, it's something, something weird. I don't know exactly like how to classify it. I think what, what Nate was saying earlier about like the Nephilim and the idea that there were these hybrid humans. And we find that in the old Testament and they were supposedly wiped out in the flood. Um, that they're, there are, are things that exist and that, you know, maybe we can't explain completely. Um, I don't believe in aliens. I, I think that stuff is, is also is some weird spiritual stuff. Um, and that's where I fall. So mm-hmm. do I think people are having real experiences? I do. Yeah. Um, do I think it's, it's something that kind of falls in like a, I hate that it sounds so, so sci-fi, but like, and kind of weird, but like interdimensional. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's something that isn't, I don't know if I'd say really of this world. I think that's how it's. Oh, Luke, you just that's, muted. That's where I fall. Your mic just got muted. If you can unmute that. Can you hear me? What happened there? Sorry. There you go. You're back. You say spiritual. Are you saying like at the end there? You said it might be another dimension or like. Are well, you- a lot of people. A lot of people have encounters and then they have weird supernatural stuff happen. Like a lot of people will say especially hunters that they they, they call it mind speak where they f- they have feelings or thoughts come into their their brain all of a sudden. And these are hunters that have been out for 25 years, 30 years. And then all of a sudden they have this weird supernatural experience and they see the, the creature and then they, they can't put it together. So you hear all this stuff. And a lot of people say they see these lights in the forest at night where they're out in the, the woods and then they'll see weird orbs glowing. And there's just a lot of weird supernatural stuff that's associated with it. I don't know. That's the stuff I don't know. It's probably taken me eight, eight years or so listening to stories to, to think like, yeah, it could be supernatural. I think it's both. I think it's 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 flesh and blood and supernatural just, at the same time. I don't know, kind of like us, but 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 they have more seem to have more abilities to do supernatural things that we don't. So Toby uh, said, "There's no." Wait, can y'all hear me now? Yeah, you, like, we I'm got sorry, you. I know it cut out. Something weird happened. Yeah, we got Zoom. you. Um, yeah, no, but, and I would say my I was just closing that out by saying, like, as far as Nate Nate was just kind of making a good made a good point there. Like, I think for this this podcast and in this and me in general 
like I have an open mind to this kind of stuff. I, re- I think there's a lot of things we don't know about. We, we, know, about, we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the, the bottom of the ocean. Um, so is there, is stuff really happening to people? Absolutely. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I just kind of, I'm falling on the side of it not being an animal. Um, although we find an average of what, six, six new mammals mm-hmm. a year? Mm-hmm. Or is that right? A month, a year? Something like that. So there's stuff out there. Those end up being smaller for for a lot of reasons, but it doesn't mean that we don't have vast. There are so many vast areas of wilderness in just in North America that just you can end up in the middle of nowhere. And you know, and then this ties into like the fact that there's thousands of people that disappear in national parks every year, uh, which is something we talk about a little bit in one of our podcasts and the missing four one one stuff. But um, there's a vast space out there where stuff is. Could be, I guess. Um, I just don't necessarily think it's a uh, an animal. That's where I fall. Nate, Nate, and I can disagree about that. But I, in this podcast, Nate's like the expert in a sense. He's, I mean, he's really been researching this for ten plus years, and I, uh, I have an open mind. I kind of am the skeptic in some ways, um, but I also, I want to take it from a standpoint of like, okay, if, like Nate was saying, if this is a court case, you know, and we have a bunch of circumstantial evidence, if you have enough witnesses that all see the same thing. And, and they're all in different spaces, and it's not groupthink, and you have all these, these people who are not connected, then there's something to that. I, now, what it, what it is is we're trying to figure out, and then we may not figure it out in this entire show, but we're bringing on enough people, I think, that, that have had, that have come in different walks of life. They've, they'd be Native American, they'd be lifelong researchers, they'd be, um, you know, we're talking to people that fall across the spectrum, not just Bigfoot, but stuff with giants, stuff with um, the Parat. We, we're, we're talking to Brian, this guy, Brian Gar. What's his last name? Nate? Forrester. Brian Forrester tomorrow about the Paracas skulls, like the elongated skulls from Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sort of what those are. People always are saying those must be alien. They're really not. But Yeah, well, I don't think what we're really talking about is Bigfoot, honestly. Like, we're, like Luke and I are probably not Bigfooters. We're not going to go out and get cameras and try to. Probably I mean, not. We, I mean, maybe. And like. We're not obsessed with like, you know, the Bigfoot guys go out. I think this is, we're talking more about like the difference between like heart and mind, logic, belief. I mean, Bigfoot's a trigger word for a lot of people. It, it, it triggers them. It throws a wrench into their worldview, the way they see everything. And then they just get mad at you right away. Um, like I've had people tell me straight up, if you're going to come around, don't talk about this. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> well, it is, right. it is kind of, you know, I have some perspective on it from that point of view of the person who, I'll put it this way. I've I've gotten into plenty of escalated conversations about it where I'm taking the skeptic view and wondering why am I so angry right now? And I've gotten into arguments with you about it. You know, just, you know, it's, it's very, very quick for me and you to get into an argument um, about this. I have, I have changed my view somewhat though on that. So I'm receptive to it. Awesome. Um, Awesome. But in a, still in a different, different way than, um, than you, but. And I feel that way about aliens. That was me five years ago with aliens. And now I'm like, I'm willing to listen to that stuff. But so I'm, never, I'm fascinated in the larger conversation. I now think I have some grip on what you're getting at. Um, but still back to the actual thing of Bigfoot. And I, I'm willing to and want to go to the broader conversation because I actually sure, have had that kind sure. of unlocked to me in some a manner of speaking where I can see what you're getting at now. But when we are talking about evidence, Toby asked about, said there wasn't proof or whatever is it, where are we between proof and evidence? I mean, there's not no evidence. You're saying there's eyewitness uh, testimony, but what is the closest thing that you're aware of that is actual, you know, in the territory there, there is evidence? 
so the biggest DNA one is called the Ketchum study, and they proved DNA that there is, they know what the mother's side is, but they don't know what the male's side is. Um, but there is DNA evidence to suggest there's something out there that it's not on record. Um, in terms of the cast, the footprints, I mean, you have, you know, you basically have footprints that have um, toe prints, scars, things that you can't fake. So they have actual like proof that like, hey, this is a, an animal making these tracks. It's not faked. And the thing that's weird is it doesn't matter how much data you have. Until a body comes out, they could have literally buckets of hair, scat, blood, whatever. It will never be enough until there's an actual body given the skepticism, given the tabloid nature that surrounds this creature. So it Well, I mean if you had a hair, you have a full DNA. That would no, be No, they have hair. They have hair. There's guys that go out and collect hair. They like, you know, Bigfoot jumps over a bar- barbed wire fence and there's a chunk of hair. They bring it in, they get it tested DNA. Well, uh, it's never going to motivate a well, massive scientist. What do they say the hair? What do they say? That's a human hair then. Un- undocumented uh animal. They don't have a uh-huh. I, yeah. did, I got two points real quick about this hair stuff. One, uh heard that when they the fbi tested the hair and it was deer hair and two when you're young you ha- and i don't care if you're as hairy as a sasquatch you just think the whole world's ahead of you but do you know what as you start getting older 66 percent of men start losing their hair Whoa. by age 30. tell me more I, did y'all know that? I didn't that's why uh, yeah that's why we work with hymns and for hymns.com we love them once you've started noticing thinning hair it can be too late like i said I, I don't know. This bipedal uh, Sasquatch thing, Mike could use this as well. If they can get COVID, they probably can have male pattern baldness. Am I right? So if your hairline is slowly starting to move backwards or you have any bald spots, why wouldn't you just give 4 a try? They are the one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. I'm telling you, that sexual wellness is getting more and more important as I get older. Anyway, that's, I'll save that for another time. It's time to write a new chapter and uh, one which you have hair. Seriously, there's no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements, prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. 4Hims uh, connects you to licensed medical professionals online, which could save you hours completely confidential and discreet. It's always so easy. Answer a few quick questions. A medical professional will review. And if they determine it's right for you, it can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that's shipped directly to your door. You ain't got to go out there. Who knows? COVID, uh, a wild animal. Who knows what's out there? Today, Hims is giving your you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with the results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, our listeners can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to 4 slash bad Christian. That's 4 slash bad Christian. Now, Full refund of price paid available for first 90-day supply. Refund requests must be made between 90 and 180 days. After product shipment delivered, prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information for hymns.com slash bad Christian. Man, I wish I could read as fast as the Micro Machines guy. You remember nailed that, that ad placement, Toby. Well, I really appreciate that. I, you know, I, I, Like a true I'm, pro. I haven't read the catch-up statement that you were talking about before. I don't know. <laughs> He's not yet reviewed the DNA on the catch-up the statement. Catch-up document, I'm catch sure it's true, but oh, catch-up. My bad. Yeah. I, thought was, I thought you said catch-up. I was like, Heinz is behind this. Damn it. Yeah. Anyway, but I have heard that the hair, okay, I've heard two things. One, back in the 50s, a guy made up the tracks, and then he admitted that he lied about the tracks. And then two, I've heard there was an FBI study about hair, and they found out it was just a deer hair. 
So I, how do you know? That's what is so I, – I just never feels like there's real serious evidence here. Like, it always you feels – covered up, man? Right? Because, I mean, all those 30,000 of them up in the Northwest, one of them dies on accident and doesn't cover his tracks. That has that, one of them drops dev, a heart attack somewhere sometime. Well, they've had it. They've had – I've man, I've – several guys that work with the forestry, most of them who come on podcasts have their – either their voice – changed or they're blacked out they don't want to talk about it they're like hey you know we're, we can't come out and say this stuff so there is some suppression of information and why that is i don't know i mean let, let's just talk about this i mean luke and i had a guy on yesterday or it was last week sorry who has 700 newspaper articles of giant bones being dug up in north america all 700 from 1850 to 1920 700 newspaper accounts different newspaper accounts Sometimes 50 skeletons, sometimes 500 skeletons in a cave. And you can't fake all that all the time. And people say, well, you know, science would be so willing to come out and, and prove this stuff. And, and it, I think people have way more faith in systems that people will do the right thing and that this information is just going to come out. And all these people are going to volunteer their credibility, their careers to prove the existence of this stuff. And that to me is crazy. I mean, that's, there's more faith in this system that it's going to do the right thing than, than, than I have. I, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of the system to do the right thing. So it's funny that people look at me like, oh, Nate, you're, you're a believer. And I'm like, I'm pretty skeptical, actually. You, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, the 700 article things is kind of hard to fake. Not, well, I don't think they're fake articles. I mean, there's articles written to probably 700 written about it today too. Yeah, but they're not reporting. They're not talking about like weird unicorns or flying Pegasus yeah. or something. The same exact thing. They have all the bones. They have the skull. They have the Where, collarbones, but where's the, the shoulders. But, I mean, in the articles or in real life, they have the yeah, bones. Yeah, in the articles, they get shipped to museums. The Smithsonian shows up like 10% of the time. The Smithsonian's like literally says in the article smithsonian shows up they take the skeletons and they're gone and you're like what is going on and this happens with bigfoot people show up but you don't think that means most likely that bones never existed and they were more like in the hoax department or misunderstood and covered up for embarrassment or other reasons that i don't that know they how always get suppressed and none of those 700 none of those bones stuck around i mean nobody they're all i mean they're somewhere now they would have to be fully exactly. suppressed where you know i know and that's well, what that's, that's. I would say this cool. too when we talk about the Smithsonian is that according to the Smithsonian, they have about ninety five percent of their inventory isn't isn't actually on display. So there's this massive warehouses full of stuff, and I mean, I don't, honestly, who knows what's back there? But we're talking about the giant stuff. I mean, this does actually line up with the biblical worldview: the giants, David and Goliath, and it's, and if you you know believe the Bible, that I don't think it's necessarily like an alleg like it's allegory or. He was a giant, like metaphorically speaking, or he was a giant, like he was six, like four, like my size. I, I just don't. They talk about his exact size in there, and so if there was, if we can back up all the Bible stuff with archaeology, um, then I think that you have to have at least allow space for these for these things to to be real as well. And you know, I don't know. This is a good question about where it goes. I, I think some of the people hypothesize that it really throws a monkey wrench in Darwinism, in the theory of evolution. If you have coexisting hominids that that aren't part of the same evolutionary track then you essentially disprove the the religion of science in a, in a sense of what they consider to be to be not just a theory but actual fact 
Um, that's one theory. Um, you know, the other thing is that it's just, it got collected and it's somewhere. Uh, it's just, I mean, the, the, here's the thing is that these, there wouldn't be any kind of reason essentially for all these different stories to end up. And then to have multiple newspapers covering the same story of one happened here in Franklin, Tennessee. It was a, a guy was digging a well and 16 feet down, he found a giant skeleton. What's, Uh, what do you mean by giant? 18 feet. 18 feet tall. Uh, Well, might I contest uh, on the uh, – I don't want to argue about it, but I don't really accept any of the things that you're saying, but I don't want to totally argue. But I will say <laughs> I just, I'm just for everybody out there knows that I don't really uh, – wouldn't naturally agree with that. But I, I understand what you're saying, and I think there's room for some of those arguments to be there. Um, but when in a physics sense kind of thing, it seems pretty clear – that there's no way you could that there, that there could be a really giant thing at you know uh tw- you know uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry I put it this way if a if a something is twice as big its surface area goes up six times and its volume goes up eight times M- it, meaning that it would be so heavy and big that it wouldn't be able to sustain itself with anything like human proportions. It would have to look more like an elephant by design. If you take a human that made him twelve feet tall and they had longer bones, those bones would break under their own weight. Like, it just, you know, doesn't doesn't really hold up in, in a physiology I don't know. Sense. I mean, a, a, a giraffe looks pretty weird, and it seems to be doing just fine with a giant neck, you know? Like, if you would think about, say, you didn't, you didn't know giraffes walked around, and say you thought they, they lived, you know, a long time ago. I mean, they look pretty weird. I, I, I don't really... That doesn't really, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, you could do the same argument with, with a not. rope that was trying to be, you know, 100,000 feet tall. It would eventually, its weight, uh, its own weight would break it, right? I mean, there's a limit. You can't just scale things like that. They don't, <clears throat> things don't really scale that way is what I'm saying. I mean, it would have to well, be very different if it was twice the size of a human. It couldn't even really look like a human. It, why you can't shrink. Right. Same well, reason you can't right. shrink, yeah. Rick Moranis did. It's basically I look mean, it up. Look up the square cube law. So basically, what happens is you double one thing and you get a square of another thing and a cube of another thing in the surface area and weight. So the proportions just don't work if you double a human size. It's not possible. You also couldn't make a giant scorpion. Well, what if they're not? I mean, they're, they might not be human. They're like half something else. Well, I'm I mean, just saying, if you took the bone structure of a human and made it 12 feet tall, it's unviable. It doesn't work. You couldn't do it. The well, same with a scorpion. There couldn't be a giant scorpion. There's a well, limit. The mass is bigger. The mass is bigger. The head is bigger. Everything's bigger. Yeah. Yes, eight times more massive is what I'm saying to go twice as yeah. tall, and it doesn't what work. Di- what about dinosaurs, though? We look at we look at lizards, like little lizards in our they're, yard, and they're I mean, built more like elephants. Dinosaurs? Yeah, I'm just saying, not, you can't look like a human anymore. Is what all I'm saying. Yeah, well, well more, but well, well what I say we we keep talking about Sasquatch, but what else? Blurry creatures? Is it? You, you said y'all aren't just about Sasquatch. What are the other things that y'all are looking at? Like, what are the other? diving into so i mean that's the kind of what the show is about a little bit like getting out of the getting into more of the faith realm of all these creatures that exist everything from nessie to the thunderbirds um i mean you have people reporting the thunder <laughs> the thunder was that so on the top of every indian totem pole is the giant it looks like a giant yeah. bird so historically the thunderbirds rode the storms and they were like they had 14 foot wingspans and they could come down and like eat children and stuff so the people have been you know natives and and a lot of cultures we talk about thunderbirds maybe they're part some sort of surviving dinosaur who knows um you know the dog man people still see werewolves people still see the the moth man in new jersey is like a flying creature i mean the jersey devil right the hockey team um 
I mean, there's so much, there's so many cryptids out there and creatures. Um, but the werewolf ones are pretty freaky. Those are the ones that I would turn off because those are just frightening. People. Say uh, what do you mean? They're just scary? They look like a, like a werewolf face, but it's a dog walking on two feet and they just, they just look sinister. <laughs> And you believe that that's true, or there's a possibility. I mean, I've I've heard pastors come on podcasts and say, tell you their church. <laughs> you know, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, you lost there. Good lord! Oh, come on. I mean, come on. I Pastor mean, it's just testimony like, is pretty much. It's like a. It's like a cop in court. You know, it's just you can't yeah. dispute it. It's the same thing as the pastor saying, "I didn't sleep with that lady." <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. On one hand, yeah, it's not credible. But I mean, do you take a police officer? Er's word is credible. Not in 2020, right? Everyone hates cops. Yeah, expert but. testimony. I, I I know if a person's speeding or drunk just by looking at him from a thousand yards away. They say <laughs> it's 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 weird though. I mean, you just have to go like, are all these people lying about the same thing? And um, so when I was a kid, and I haven't said this on our podcast yet, I saw something in the back window of my house as a kid and i was going to tell i was going to talk about this on our show for the first time but it was like a werewolf face and it was so traumatizing that i didn't look out the back door from like seven years old to about 13 and i was walking one night out and i saw this thing up in the up in the in the door and, it, and i was the, i was the youngest of four kids so i couldn't make stuff up like this because my older brothers and sisters would just be like ah you're lying so i didn't i wasn't that kind of kid but I saw this thing and it burned a hole in my brain. And it wasn't until years later listening to some of these podcasts going, holy shit, did I see one of these things as a kid? But this felt more like a, like satanic. It felt like some sort of demon creature. But some people describe seeing this thing and I don't know. But I, I, I had an experience as a kid and I saw something like this. But I don't know if it's the same thing. But there's weird stuff out there. And I know it sounds so crazy, but that's where I'm at. Do you consider it a conspiracy? I mean, do you consider any of this in the territory of conspiracy theory, or, or is this separate, distinct from that? And so, I think I think the cover up the Giants is the biggest cover up this century for sure. I'm 100 percent there. I think it's the biggest cover up. It throws a huge wrench in, like Luke was saying, in evolution. The Bible has hundreds of verses about these creatures. And if we if we found their bones and it's being suppressed, I think it is a it's 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 a crime against humanity to keep this information from people. That's how I feel. So about that it. Is, yeah. is a massive conspiracy to think that there's hundreds of thousands of artifacts that are in existence and always found, scooped up, and suppressed by institutions and systems and science. Well, itself. they didn't. The newspapers stop reporting when the CIA starts getting really going. Mm-hmm. And people are, it's like, same with UFOs. I mean, the government's basically almost at the doorstep of saying they have aliens, alien craft. I've seen more and more uh, articles coming out that the Pentagon's about to say something. So what else do they have? And I mean, and you have weird things like Teddy Roosevelt went on Bigfoot hunts. So, you know, you have these important people. We have presidents who've talked about them. You have alien news coming out there's weird shit that we don't know about and it's like it's starting to come to surface i think a lot of christians are going to be really confused when some of this stuff comes out because their theology doesn't have room for any of it Mm -hmm. so they're not going to know what to think or believe so i think it's i think it's a good christian conversation to have that hey these giants probably roamed around and it's important part of the old testament Mm -hmm. but that's my thought but like matt was saying like i looked up top 10 uh conspiracy theories like so 
you know, the, it, it's 9-11, there's the moon landing, JFK, uh, Roswell. Uh, I don't know what this one is. You might know Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I don't know what that one is. Satanic cults and all that. I mean, big, there's one about Big Pharma. There's all kinds of stuff. Like, you don't believe in all of them, or you or you do. Or like, is what, it, what is, is it like, fair to say maybe you're open to all? Is there a way to say we're open to... Of course, some stuff being different than the way we've been told it by institutions, but you know we're open to it. It in a better way to say well, it. I, but there's no way that Bigfoot can't can be proven not true to you, right? Like, because there's always a chance there there'll be a new bone tomorrow, right? So there's no way that it could be proven not true to you. I mean, so it's morphed my thoughts about every. Like, I believe in it's probably more supernatural now. And before, you know, people would tell these stories about weird stuff happening, like them disappearing, like them watching it and then it disappeared. I'm like, that's crazy. This is nuts. You know what I mean? So, but now I'm like, wow, I don't know. I mean, the, the more you go down these rabbit holes, the weirder things get and the more your mind is able to process it. And the more you're, 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 you're going into the, the, the house of belief, you can walk in the rooms, but you can't just do a crash course in this stuff. Listen to one podcast. Mm -hmm. I think you have it all figured out. I mean, it's a 10 year journey yeah. of like, I, that's what I'm more open to is I, I do understand that the skeptical mindset, which I of course very much have, I would say, and I'm happy to have and think is serves me well is, uh, it can be too quick to rule stuff out. And then there's no chance once it's ruled out of ever having an openness. So, you know, especially with the pandemic and everything and just seeing the world be thinner margins, um, than I thought as far as what's absolutely insane stuff is truly possible that must be true. Um, I still don't feel like I have any thoughts that any specific thing is likely to be true in that realm, but it is does feel likely to me that some what really fucking wild stuff will come out at some point and we, you'll be blown away that we are aliens or in a simulation or Bigfoot's real. or I mean, any one crazy thing, there's probably some truth to it, and I really feel mostly that the whole territory of conspiracy theories and stuff like that is definitely on the right track about something. But I don't think it's the facts or details or science or evolution or spiritual. I don't think it's any of those things. But there's something very right about conspiracy-minded people's approach to fighting what something that is actually wrong with society. Does that make sense? I, I'm start, I've warmed on that considerably. I would say that that what what we're doing with this is is just taking a look, like being a, not going to you said it well, like at least from my angle, being open to the idea these things could could exist and could be real, and maybe that what we have been taught, you know, that narrative, it, it was crafted a certain way, and right. things in history were covered up or left out for whatever reason. Um, I agree that we've been fed many narratives that are false 100%. by, by and we, powers and, they, and authorities. Yeah. I mean, that and is we, true. And they get proved, you know, you hear about things like, and they get proved wrong 50 years later or 100 years later, you find out that they, this whole thing they were selling you is, wasn't true. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, that's kind of what we're doing. I, I think one of the things we're doing is just taking a look at these things that, that live on the fringes of, of, of what we would consider to be reality. Um, Nate talks about Bigfoot being the gateway drug. It's how people get into this kind of stuff is mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe if that exists, then what else is out there, right? Mm -hmm. um, or is it, if the possibility of Bigfoot being real is real then what else might be real and so with the idea that most you know most legends and stories and myths and everything have are based in some some level for a for reason part, no in, doubt in fact and factual stuff then what is it we can uncover discover 
or learn that we're not being taught. And I mean, this, so this interview we had this week with Brian Forster is like, he's going to be one of those things where the things that he's discovered and the DNA tests they've done. And, um, he fu- fully believes that you know, he's going to reveal some really interesting things about the elongated skulls and things about, how about advanced civilizations that existed, you know, before, like that predated the the dynasties of of Egypt and stuff, where they they had more advanced technology before, and we're not talking about aliens or anything, just more advanced technology before, you know, before the dyna- before the dynastic period of, of the Egyptians, where you look at construction and find that that the construction that predates, in you know the uh, what would be the dynastic stuff in Peru and in Egypt is actually t- much better than. Than what it than what exists after, and you're supposed to get better as you go through. So, if things like that happen and and, and aren't being talked about because there's a, a a narrative we've tied up real real well on both ends, and say this this is what we can put in our safe space and talk about, um, then we're open to talking about about what it is and giving a platform to those people to tell their stories with the idea that you know maybe we'll discover or, or maybe we can change our minds or open our minds to there being more than meets the eye not only to history, um, but possibly to reality as we know it, like as far as the existence of things like Bigfoot, like um, these other creatures Nate, Nate you know, talked about. And then you look at the mythology of, of, of all these different people groups, and a lot of these themes run through, mm-hmm. run through all of them. And, and, and for some reason, the, it's not a bunch of kooks, you know. Right. I mean, they, well, here's, you know, the same things come up, and they're always mythology, though. They're, they're not... You know, it seems like a stretch to me to think they're actual, but the reasons okay. that people come up with them are something real. Right. You, there's an origin, right? So there's what, an origin somehow. Origin? Yeah. And, and what is there? And what kind well, of facts to, exist? When it comes to Brian Forrester, though, we're interviewing tomorrow morning. I mean, he's got red hair skulls that have sixty percent bigger eye sockets and 30, 30 to forty percent more mass on the heads. He's got the giant heads. He's got the skulls. He shows them per, to professionals. They don't know what to do with it. They don't want to think about it. He's down in Peru where there's less government intrusion on his explorations. He's been to megaliths all over the world. I mean, he's got mountains of data. People say it's pseudoscience and it's anti-science. He's got the data. He's got the skulls. And it's still not enough because you have a you have Why a don't local the Smithsonian motive. put a hit on him, though, and stuff? Right. Uh, uh, they you should. Because there's, there's not already, no man. scientists. There's not well, zero I'm, I'm scientists saying, that would ever touch that no matter what. I mean – there's people that do every crazy thing. I mean, you see the doctor he that believes that in demons. I mean, you, but we have scientists that are just kooky enough to look at this and believe it if it were, I mean. Yeah, but it's not like there's this huge arm that's going to change, turn around and say, well, there were other hominids. And this isn't the narrative. It doesn't just pick up the, the train and turn it around and go start going the other direction. It's, it's plowing down the, the tracks for 250 years in one direction. It takes a lot to turn it around. You don't think science would suppress it if they found a North American ape that was slightly advanced above primates that we knew, but nowhere near human. I mean, if you pull if you pull the dead body out, if you pull the dead body out, but you know, and and there was no, it didn't go missing. But a lot of times they say they go missing. They get shot, and and you know, government agencies show up and take them out, and they're just like, where'd it go? And then why don't they go get the guy in Peru with the skulls? Then what do you mean? Why don't they go get him? I mean. They're just letting him do his thing. It's just like they're letting people have conspiracy theory podcasts. I don't know. There's just enough. There's enough disinformation out there, and they 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 make you sound crazy. Oh, these are all conspiracy theorists. I mean, think of, look at the word. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are afraid 
like speaking of Dan Coke and I, he, he, he thinks I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist and it's a lower brain activity that I have. <laughs> Did he say I've, that? Basically, like I've, <laughs> I, I've seen more conspiracy shaming in 2020 that people are idiots if they share this stuff. And I'm like, 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 you know, the good information, it comes from the New York Times and all these intellectuals. So it's, it's good for you. But anything else that doesn't come from these, these subscribed groups is just nuts and you're crazy to share it. And I, I, I'm just like, sometimes like in the matrix, the Oracle, the old lady, she's the one who knows the info. Some old lady cooking in her kitchen in some apartment in downtown somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Information, the truth sometimes comes from the weirdest places and truth is stranger than fiction. The real truth, it's weird sometimes and people cannot handle that. They just go, ah. I think the thing is too though, that it's, that this is fun though to think about Bigfoot or giant skulls or something like that, right? Like, I, I believe there are conspiracies. I do think there's are, there are strange things. For example, my house right now, we have to pay $2,200 to get radon mitigation. Now, mo- nobody's arguing about radon. It, it, you know, it's on the periodic table, all this stuff. But my buddy comes over and he, we were talking about it. And he's like, well, it is, I mean, so there's some people out there that think that maybe they just came up with this. It's a, you know, odorless, uh, you can't, can't see it. Invisible gas that supposedly might cause cancer, but you know, people that don't smoke forever get cancer, lung cancer and yeah. people that, you know, that, I mean, you get all kinds of cancers from all kinds of stuff. And the idea now that somehow somebody's going to make $2,200 off of me for something that I will never smell, see, or know. And I might still get cancer. Hell, no. I, might, I might still get lung cancer or something like that. But that one's not as sexy or as fun. I think that's the thing with that about this, that this seems like a little bit of, it's kind of fun to think that these things are spooky. Like when y'all talk about, that's what I was going to ask you next. When y'all talk about the spiritual, spiritual realm, has it opened you guys up to the idea of like this being a simulation or that these are like when you talk about the matrix or something like that, are you more open to that now uh, that this could be, when we talk about spiritual, maybe there is some creator that created all this, but it's a, you know, sitting in front of a computer in a sense. I mean, I was just reading articles and talked to a buddy who they, they talk about those guys that take DMT, that drug, and then they go to outer space. Right. And those guys all believe it's all a simulation. Is it happening in the brain or are they actually traveling to the fourth dimension when they take that drug? I don't know. Um, I, I will say that like physical evidence, like digging up giant bones to me, kind of meets in a weird way it's kind of like it's sort of a metaphor of the spiritual and the physical coming together right because that's what genesis 6 is talking about that these sons of god these these fallen angels mated with humans and created this hybrid right yeah and i think you do have a hybrid so how does the third dimension understand the fourth dimension i don't know so science can't explain anything in the fourth dimension we write it all off as yeah there's nothing science can do in that realm. So we just look at it all as those people are kind of nuts. And science, like Luke said, is the new religion. And we treat it like a new religion. And I think that a lot of scientists will not go against the religion, will not push forward any narrative. The, the elongated skulls is outside of their religion. They can't touch it. They can't smell it. People go, oh, you're crazy. Scientists operates in this moral paradigm that's, that's greater than believing in Jesus Christ. And it will do the right thing. And I'm like, no, it won't. It is more concerned with the group and staying in the group and not challenging, you have to literally be a Joan of Arc to go out and try to prove these skulls are legitimate. And do you have that kind of, those balls, that faith? I don't think a lot of scientists do. At the end of the day, they're getting their check. They're going to go home. It's like, I don't know what that is. That's weird. Those skulls are weird, but they have red hair and they're in Peru. 
what is a red hair race of people in Peru? We know the South Americans don't look like that. Well, That's Matt McDonald pushed back on you. Yeah, so there's much. the Matt McDonald <laughs> angle right there. Damn truth, my God. But it, I, I will say, like Matt, what you were just saying earlier, it ha- I, I warmed up to a little bit. Like, for example, uh, when Graham Hancock is on Joe Rogan and he's talking about there's different civilizations and maybe they were farther along and they found stuff like, haven't they found stuff like calculators or, or some well, type of b- primitive batteries? They're giant. Yeah, but yeah, it's, they're, now, I'm just saying, I think there potentially could be other, maybe there did an asteroid did hit, or maybe there was something that stopped a civilization. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. And, and I would be open to the idea that maybe aliens aren't so alien. Maybe they really are the future race and we're seeing them in some sense because it's just all brain and we don't need our bodies anymore. I'm open to this stuff. I think the the tough thing is, uh, really buying into it deeply. And maybe that's even a part of my deconstruction. I don't know if I buy into the Bible as much as deeply anymore. Cause that, it feels like it is what other people are telling me, not what I actually believe deep inside today on TikTok of all apps, which is, I love TikTok. This guy shows two circles and they look exactly the same. One's red and one's blue. And he says, look at these circles. They're exactly the same, aren't they? And the whole class goes, yes. He goes, but they aren't. Your eyes are deceiving you. One is actually bigger. Now, Look at it again. Tell me, which one is bigger? And the class goes, the blue one. And uh, a couple people said the red one. And he goes, no, they're exactly the same. But you, I got you to raise your hand and manipulated you that quickly just because I told you no. And we are telling our children. We are telling each other. Leaders are telling each other. No, they're not the same size. Look at it this way. You're being deceived at this. So I am more open to the idea. Mm -hmm. You have an innate uh, reasoning, I think, that he goes, oh, yeah, the circles are the same. But then somebody tells you you're off, and you're like, uh-oh, and maybe your ego gets you, in the You go, start going with the group think at that point, right, and your group exactly. can go either direction. And so your group can also yeah. get locked into skepticism too, though. Like those are all things where you're piggybacking group think instead of actually arriving at each conclusion. So even the skeptics, which represents probably more of me and Toby, understood we can get locked into skeptic groupthink where it's dismissive and all that. So I will even say I'm sorry for have, as much as I have done that. Yeah, I mean, I would, and in terms of bad Christian podcasts being, you know, in the Christian realm, I think there is a biblical explanation for all this stuff, the aliens, the giants, and all this other things. And I think that it should be taught, right? Peter and Jude, right? Peter and Jude in the New Testament talk about the angel procreation theory. They reference it. They talk about things in the book of Enoch that didn't, that was originally in the Jewish Bible, but then got kicked out. And then 500 years after when Luther and Calvin and Augustine got a hold of the church, they changed the way that the church believed about this stuff. So I think the reason why the Bible is so confusing nowadays and why there's 40,000 different Christian denominations and everyone doesn't know what they believe and, and people are like, well, I don't know if I believe the Bible anymore is because that we had a cohesive understanding of what happened in history. And then the weirder, the longer it went on, they stopped believing stuff and guys like Luther, they, they totally changed Christianity. And so there's this huge debate, but if the gel, if the, I think that's why I go back to the giant bones. If the giants were uncovered, if you could dig up a skeleton in your backyard, you would go, holy shit, the Old Testament's true. These things uh, were real. Uh, right? Uh, no. No? No. If I, if I dug giant bones in my backyard, my first conclusion wouldn't be, holy shit, the Old Testament is true. No, not at all. <laughs> why? What, 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 I, what just, would it be? It wouldn't occur to me to think that way. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be my well, automatic where? conclusion. I don't know. Well, I mean, did you? I mean, what if you if you weren't taught about the giants? I guess at church, then you wouldn't you wouldn't. Well, think that. I mean, I I would nobody I, was. I would just assume there's some kind of bones of something, and I would call. I mean, look, I know what you say, but I would just call you know the scientists 
And then they would tell me what it actually was. I would laugh because I thought it looks like it's actual bones, like the people say that the Old Testament stuff. And I'll wait and see what it is. And then they would tell me what it is. And I would believe them. But maybe it'd be, maybe I'd be wrong. But that's what, whatever, that's how it would unfold for me if it were me. Yeah. I guess it's just to me, it, the the answer to the violence in the old testament because that's what a lot of christians gets get hung up on why so much violence why so much killing who's joshua battling why are they committing genocide well they're not killing humans they're killing these this weird race of beings that they're describing so i think it's it's more than just it's 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 a monumental part of the old testament i think mm-hmm. and it just kind of got deleted 500 years after christ it just kind of changed like oh i don't believe that that's weird. That's wonky. We don't believe that stuff. Yeah, I've had but a, I mean, a different, the, you know, I would what, love way. To kill Bigfoot. That would be so fun just to murder a Bigfoot. Yeah, my cool. God. <laughs> hey, you'd be real rich. Oh, boy. As you would be rich. You, that yeah. movie, Steve Zahn, where they found Bigfoot and then they accidentally killed him as soon as they found him. You remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> I love Steve Zahn. I love uh, so before we got started, Toby's computer was slow getting on, and I talked to him uh, during that time for a couple minutes to think about this episode, and we we came up with that, what he said there, that you and Dan sure do seem super opposite. And I realized, and part of you know what I'm explaining my thinking, I've spent a ton of time with Dan over the last year or two, just a ton in text threads and in person in Seattle and stuff like that. And I've started to get frustrated with Dan (laughs) too. And I feel myself feeling like I'm like you a little bit, but I also get frustrated with you. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, so I've been thinking about a little bit and uh, I realized that what Dan's main thing is, it's always about the consensus and the expertise and the uh, experts and the institutions and all that stuff and i i fucking hate that stuff and it starts to bother me that he's defending or protecting collected wisdom and consensus knowledge and i I, i'm such an outsider view that i also very much resist authority and institutions in which case i wind up lining up with you but on the side where it goes more conspiracy minded i get way off with you so i wrote down in a few minutes while waiting on toby's computer i just decided maybe we could build a framework or a spectrum that's not one or the other it's a like a triangle i don't know if if, if sure. you know this may exist anyway but i'm saying picture if it's a, a a like you know those quadrant things people do see what they're like authoritarian left or libertarian right or whatever that kind yeah, of thing yeah 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 in this yeah. one there's only three and there's three mindsets that i'm that i typed down in my notes here this isn't well thought out yet but um and everybody falls somewhere on this spectrum and so i'm going to use me you, me, Nate, and Dan Coke to represent each of the three types of mindset. And tell me if this job we can tweak or whatever. I don't mean to be insulting or whatever. But I, I genuinely think this is true. I think you need all three. I think all three are valid, and everybody falls on the spectrum between the three, although you, me, and Dan might be relatively extreme in each way. Um, so I've got you, and I, I guess I'm going to go ahead and put Luke in this category as conspiracy-minded. I don't know if you see, feel that as pejorative or not, but I don't intend it that way. Meaning that you're oriented toward conspiracy. Um, and I've got Dan as expert consensus-minded. that He's just oriented to be looking for those things and, and that kind of thing. And then I've got my mindset as just rationality-minded. It's just purely analytical and logical wherever it would come. Uh, however it would come out, that just would be natural to me. And I think all three are good. Um, the conspiracy minded, I say, is sensitive to people 
sensitive to people and entities that have power and knowledge um, and use the power to maintain the status quo. That's what you're good for. That's what you um, believe and you're uh, able to you have a constant suspicion towards authority, which I find to be very positive because it is true that powers and institutions and stuff uh, craft narratives and deceive the population. So, you know, on the bad it, bad side, sometimes your uh, high amount of openness can be destabilizing to, you know, people and can get out of sync with reality. I don't mean that bad it is the cons of the pros and cons but people that are conspiracy minded can get out there enough to where they you know are less likely to be in touch with reality do you accept that as your general mindset like i don't like conspiracy like like luke and i talked about this several times like they there's a lot of evidence that the cia invented the word to try to mm-hmm. push back on their their own uh, propaganda mm-hmm. so i mean but that stuff spe- exists and you guys are the watchdogs of it though is what i'm saying and i appreciate that actually i, I yeah i I agree with all the descriptions. I don't, I guess I don't like the word. Conspiracy. Well, let's work on the terms, but we'll go to the next okay. one. The next one is Dan, who's expert consensus minded. Again, these terms I just came with two minutes ago, but um, he believes that the stable powers and institutions are necessary and in aggregate have best people's best interests in mind. He believes in the institutions, the church, the country, d- democracy, voting, you know, the status quo is helps everybody kind of thing. And the good things about people like that is it is, in fact, the main proven tool for stabilizing societies is to do that behavior, is to build it that way. So big points in Dan's favor for having that mindset. Everybody knows it's upside. It's downside, of course, is bad systemic outcomes that greatly harm certain people and groups and can limit societal progress. That's the problem with that consensus mindset you probably agree with me on that yes totally it's just bad outcomes because of the how do you see that that expert minded consensus mentality that people like dan are are big on how what's the negatives to you on on that mindset Uh, well i mean there's a lot there's a lot of negatives to that mindset that you know you, you 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 come at everything like you're right you come at everything like you're in the right group it's this, it, you know, and then so you're filtering everything like we're intellectually superior. I mean, one of the main things that I get mm-hmm. frustrated with Dan is he talks down to me and I'm just like, I just want to say, dude, you talk down to everybody. But you does that represent like the elite, coastal elite and rural people? Is it that same dynamic? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the guy in the woods sees a UFO. He's automatically an idiot because he lives in rural America, not in some city. And, you know, and he's not an uppity suit and tie. Mm-hmm. And I just, I hate this like we're smarter than everybody else mentality. So, Which yeah, makes them totally. say we need to cover it up or we need to tell them masks don't do anything or we need to tell them to wear masks all the time. We need to tell them stuff that we know is not exactly true, but they're too dumb to handle it. So we've got to craft the information and handle it for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's never an apology when they come out and find out, oh, well, we weren't right about that. So, <laughs> But they take all that as collateral damage that you have to keep the system together. And, you know, like you have to... I you can't, can't tell the people all the information or it gets messy. I mean, that's, that's a real point of view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Law and order, as Trump would say. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you mischaracterize him in some of those ways. He wouldn't say he's but law I mean, and order. Think about it. I mean, We're talking about that. it. 
We're talking about a guy that's not even on this podcast. That's how strong of a personality he has. <laughs> he yeah. can handle it. Yeah, he'll come on. He'll it, we'll have him on next week. Whatever. <laughs> like he's such an anomaly, you know. But um, I'm just saying, there's goods and bads about all these mindsets, and included my own. Um, and then Toby can kind of see. He could draw himself on the spectrum. You know, he may be in my point of the triangle, but closer to you or Dan. Anybody could could plot themselves or give it the a problem questionnaire. Is, but the problem is, a lot of times in that camp, the information comes out when it's too late, mm-hmm. right? So that we already have this problem. We've been moving down this road for a long time. People, you know, whistleblowers have been kind of raising their hands saying, hey, the CIA killed Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And they're also doing all these other war crimes around the world. And they're also part of this child trafficking ring and stuff. And people are trying to throw the whistle out there. And, and, and everyone's like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You believe in the deep state? Oh, you're nuts. And it's like, dude, they're, <laughs> they're selling kids. And uh, I don't know how much of that is, you know, linked to the QAnon, all that stuff. I get that, that people think that's crazy, and I think some of it is, and I get it. But at the same time, the, the well, suit, it, suit and ties will never take it serious. So, and it's like, so to, to make that one really, really clear, that one's kind of easy. And I think this is actually the real point, because I don't think Bigfoot itself is a huge sticking point or divisive. But QAnon actually is, and I think it follows the exact uh-huh. same axis. So Dan would say... There is not the QAnon is he's very cold on it. It's bad. It's negative. It's Christian conspiracy theorists doing this, and it's and it fundamentally threatens to destabilize his democracy. That's how he sees QAnon, and you see yeah. QAnon a different way. You see it as uh, the deep state does do that type of. You're not all into QAnon, but you think there is a deep state. There are powerful elites, and they do do stuff like child traffic or something. Sometimes, of course, that does happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are they are in power, and Kennedy was warning people about it, mm-hmm. and and sure enough, he's dead two weeks later. So mm-hmm. it's just it's weird, and I think that he's trying to. I think I think I, I trust the group of people more than I trust the small individuals over the group of people. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give my mindset here, the rationality minded. I know that one sounds like the nicest one or something, but I, it's just the word I've got on it for now. But my mindset tells me that institutions and authorities are necessary evils, but I do think they're bad. I think they're bad and corrupt. And, you know, I, I like the word evil for them, um, but they're necessary evils and that they do a ton of harm, but almost entirely because of systemic effects and externalities by the combination of bad incentives and bad human nature. And then the outcomes are very bad, including hiding, lying, conspiracies. All those things are emergent outcomes, but not consolidated, deep state, uh, colluded. That's not the primary. And I do believe many people have been sex trafficked and will continue to be so, probably by some very powerful people, but that's still very far from QAnon or it being a conspiracy or being all wrapped up kind of in that way. So I think that the rationality mindset gives you the best chance at both progress and sustainability of a society. I think that's what's important about it. But what's bad is it can be quite destabilizing. I mean, it can have bad effects to just follow everything and look for the logic and demand proof. And you can uh, work. The worst thing that happens to people like me is I'll get locked on something that I think I've debunked or been skeptical sufficiently of, and then it's locked off in my mind forever to never be opened again. And so, you know, you can go, you could be right about everything you think you're right about, but deeply miss the point and head wildly, progressively destabilizing in some weird direction if you've got something fundamental wrong because you don't have any guide rails of the institutions or what, you know what I'm saying? So my mindset wants to take them down, but then it'd be a free-for-all of wild progress in many directions that would 
could be quite negative because there's no way to get your mind around it. So it certainly has a drawback. If everybody was like me, that'd be bad. I, I understand that it would be bad. So we got to have a yeah. little bit of, of all of those. I want to get back to talking about giant skulls. Um, <laughs> just said makes me think like the idea of Santa Claus. Uh-huh. I, there was lots of evidence that Santa Claus is real, like unbelievable amounts of data and evidence, but I can never go back to believing it. And I did. I believed it so hard. My kids do right now. And I don't know how I'm going. They're in the other room. I don't want to. I, and part of me feels rotten for doing that to them in a way. And then part of me goes, wait a minute, but it's, there's a little bit of whimsy and a little bit of belief education there of believing in something that maybe is good and better and what, what you could aspire to be that you would give, get, you yes. know, all year creating toys for free for people, you know, what I mean? for kids. That like it's really, good oh, yeah, to, yeah. to have that myth. So the idea, the myth there is and really allow good. people to think it's not myth. Is that still maybe good? Well, there's no way to, if you don't, then it just becomes fact, right? If it, if it stays in the mythical realm, then there's some belief and some chance and some leeway. And maybe tonight I'll just believe and it'll be okay. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Maybe this one night a year, I'll just let go of the things that I know are facts and just kind of go, you know what? Maybe I did hear reindeer root, uh, hooves on the roof or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Something like that. So I, I like that idea and I think we need it. I'm very much on the idea that this is a simulation. So I've changed it a lot. <laughs> I, I've gone from, but, but it makes me feel dumb because I grew up total Christian, believing in God, this invisible creator. And now I've just switched to this other thing that, that fits the narrative a little bit more. Like this feels like there's something off, especially like this year, 2020, for example, just feels like it's not real. And everybody knows something's off or wrong. Like it just feels like everybody knows something's really bizarre and strange and they can't put their finger on it. But it, is collectively we're all feeling something really off. Well, everyone for the first time is becoming conspiracy theorist. That's what's yeah, happening. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's right. But because we've seen like we just keep seeing stuff like wow, these things are more thin than we thought. Like yeah. you can't believe that the institutions and powers are going to continue to know what they're doing or have known what they're doing or and have your pr- best it, interest in mind. We can't. And, that's not going to be true going forward. And if you're prone to anxiety, that literally right. destroys you. So you 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 knee jerk against it. I can't be a conspiracy yeah. theorist because I have so much anxiety when I go down that rabbit hole, and I think it's a lot of fear based reasoning that keeps you from looking into. Wait, you think it's braver to to look at the conspiracies themselves and be able to face them? Basically, I think you have to pick some sort of. I think you have to pick something to believe in. Right. So like what is because a lot of people say, what what the hell is the point, Nate? Why do you believe in Bigfoot? What's the point? And I think for a long time, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was about it that was fascinating to me. I think I really want to know the truth. I really want to know the truth. How did this world come about? What are these beings here? And Bigfoot is to me is is something that doesn't fit into that whole Bible story that I was told. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. But I think as I've I've gone down that road, I've found that there is a biblical explanation for some of these things. And if you believe in supernatural entities, the story of the Bible, in my opinion, is there is an uh, 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 evil supernatural entities out to destroy humanity, right? And the intellectuals and the logic says they don't exist. Evil is just the, the cognitive understanding of ego. And I'm saying, no, no, no. We have proof that there are supernatural beings. These things are out to kill humanity, and we have proof of them. Everyone goes, no, you're wrong. So we've, we've come up with this weird progressive Christianity because we don't understand that there could be evil beings out there. And, and, and Bigfoot is a, 
a sort of supernatural being that to me shows proof that there are other supernatural entities and they do not want good for your life. So that to me is the whole, that's why it's worth looking into Bigfoot because I think ultimately I'm trying to save humanity from these evil entities. That would be my mission statement. Ultimately, if I did a 5,000 podcast, that's what the goal would be to prove to people that there are evil entities trying to kill you. <laughs> well, you heard it here. Bigfoot is evil. He's trying to kill you. And I don't think Bigfoot's evil, but I think <laughs> oh, he's trying to save you. you said it. He is evil and he's trying to kill you. Now, we don't have time. Blurry Creatures, thank you guys so much. You can check out their podcast everywhere you get podcasts. And next conspiracy, we don't have time today, but I want to know, Bigfoot means big. Am I, we is do that? address this, Toby, actually. Is it, all, is it all proportional? You get Right? You got to know. Well, if I was Bigfoot, I'd be really mad. My name wasn't Big Dong. <laughs> right? I mean, good Lord. Can he get, I mean, he's having to hide out there in the middle of nowhere, sleeping in a cave with a rock for a pillow. Uh, he, he just says, oh, I have big feet. Wow. Thank you. So I, I think a lot of what you guys do, I consider a very valid or even useful form of expression. And like you said, you got to believe in something. Like I, I, I'd, I'd plot Toby in the middle of that triangle I was describing in that he has the ability to go believe in something, but then come back to that center. So that's more of, of what makes sense about it would be, yes, sometimes, I mean, you can believe, you can, I mean, you can choose to believe something that's way statistically unlikely. It, somebody has to choose it to believe in to, to, to discover it at some point, right? Somebody's yeah. got to go take a leap of faith to discover something that's not yet known by consensus, it will require you at minimum investing time and effort into things that are most likely not true, but there's still an element of belief just to look that is required. So Man, I, I think that makes sense. Let me give you just two things, two thoughts I had on all this, just listen to y'all talk. I think 2020, in a way, it exposed a couple things. And the first is that is that the media really isn't isn't giving us all the truth, right? And Correct. if that's the case, and I think a lot of us for a long time just kind of plotted along and believed that news was objective, but with everybody having a camera phone and everybody, you know, everybody being able to record things, we're finding out that like that everything we're fed from a mainstream media standpoint has a spin and a narrative to it, right? And so mm -hmm. if we're not getting the truth from that, what else isn't true? We find that's Epstein's right. Island, all these elites were flying out for pedophilia reasons to an island. Like the, all these exposure of things that, that we would have probably two, three, four, five years ago said, that's ridiculous. Like, of course, like, why would anybody not tell us the truth in the news? You know, why, why, of course the, the idea of an elite pedophile ring is crazy. And then yet this year, it's like the implosion of, of that stuff. And I think it begs the question, like, what else are we, are we being told or being fed that isn't, that isn't true one. And I say the second thing to look at, and this is something I had to talk to some buddies about last night is there's a, you know, that for a long time and even, you know, the last four or five years, the whole anti-vaccination people have been just treated as fringe, you know, fringe people. Why wouldn't you get vaccinated? And yet now we're looking at the real numbers of, of, a, of a pandemic. I use that loosely. We're finding out that the numbers aren't what they th said they were. And yet we're being rushed a vaccine for this. And so what's the real reason behind the vaccine? Is it something that we want to actually give ourselves or line up for? I mean, that's a whole other discussion to have at some point, but you're starting to realize that maybe these things that we are told are good or true or right um, are starting to be exposed. And if that's the case and we can no longer trust the things that, we, that we're that we being told and the things that, that we believe to be, you know, 
mm-hmm. benevolent things, necessarily, you know, in, in, a, yes. in a way, then then maybe what else should we look at a lot harder? That's exactly where I, my, me and me and you line up in mindset. I couldn't, I really couldn't agree more there. I would go so far as to say, well, I'll put it this way. I don't think anti-vaxxers are right about what their main things is that they're talking about, but there's no way they're not right about something. Right. And you know I what mean, I mean? There's no you way follow, you, follow they're the not money. right about something, but the money it's not too, right? what they think it is. I mean, th- right. they're wrong about the, the far, whatever it comes down to, I, but I think it's they're called, wrong. But it's called conspiracy. It's called anti-science. It's called right. pseudoscience. And then right. the argument's over. You won. You're the, the intellectual one, right? And well, it's because I mean, it's no exactly, academia sits on its pedestal, and and they all run in the same dire- in the same direction, and they look down upon, and they talk down upon, and they discredit anybody that has any ideas that run counter to academia, right? Well, mm-hmm. our history, a human history, is essentially theories that have been proven wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I, over and over again. It, I mean, it took you know Galileo and uh, and them to yeah, that's to, how it works to I mean, break to point. break people out of thinking the Earth was the center of the universe. Yeah, these, well, these I think I mean we continually evolve, and yet you have to start it in order. I think in order to live in the rational space, like Matt talks about, in order to live in any of these three mindsets you brought up, like you have to be someone who asks questions. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna do to, it you, healthy, you're a sheep and a lemming. If you just take what everybody tells you as as truth. And, and and you just want to and pe- some honestly, this is what we're seeing here is there's so much fear being fed and put upon us in in, in 2020 right now that some people instead of dealing and, and confronting that fear would rather own that and do what they're told than actually ask questions and po and poke holes in it right and that's that's what we're doing we're trying to poke holes and trying to poke holes and and find the truth and yes you know across the spectrum so what where is the truth what is the truth and what is it that we've been told for a long time that isn't true and is there space to think about things in in different ways and that's i think of the essence is, is blurry creatures and that's what Nate and I put it together i i think poking holes doing all that and even expressing yourself through wild belief and willingness <laughs> to do so is a part of the system that makes it all balanced. So it is, I do, there's a, it, it is a reasonable form of expression to some degree. And, and there's, it's got to be, and it, all these things are rooted in some truth, whether it's more mythical or, or not, you know? So thank you guys so much for doing the podcast today. It's been fun to catch up, but yeah, I, I, I think we'd all agree on being fluid in our thoughts and being able to change and update. That's a long time theme for us. So yeah. glad, that you guys thank are you podcasting guys. and communicating yeah, and doing you. all that. It's blurry creatures. You can find it on iTunes if you're a fan of Don't Feed the Trolls or Sherwood or any of this stuff. Um, this is kind of where Nate is doing his thing. And yeah, uh, no, glad no to introduce COVID, more people to Luke. No COVID, no politics. Mm-hmm. What, Love what's it. better in 2020? <laughs> there you go. No, I really appreciate you guys having us on. Really, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. Blurrycreatures.com. That's all you got to do. <laughs> We got blurrycreatures.com. We got com, and I thought, well, if I got the .com, I, I got to start the podcast. Pretty that good. was half of it. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good .com. To- <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all later. All right, boys. All right guys. Be good. He's never going to go away. So we sit and we wait for the curtains to fall But there are words we could use But you never say it all But you do, you do, you do You do, you do, you do We met in the courtyard Where no one would notice
face to kids contemplating all high school had shown us and I told you I loved you and I knew you believed it as I quieted my conscience hoping you wouldn't see it but I do I do I do I do I do I do You're stronger, but the questions remain until you can't take it any longer. But I am still so young, but I didn't know I could be so dumb. And you, you're still so young, but now I know that you're so dumb. Oh, 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 oh.